You're now tuned in to Views from the Chicks, a podcast discussing the correlation between life and music. Let's get on with the show. Come on. Good morning, good evening, good night. Welcome to Feast and the Chicks. This is T, and I'm here with... This is Joey, and I'm here with... Kwan is here. Hey, ladies. Hey, hey, hey. Hey. Happy New Year. Officially. Happy New Year. Yes, Happy New Year to our listeners out there. We know we're a little late, but better late than never. Yes, we have had a lot going on between the holidays and trying to figure out our new schedule for the podcast. So thank you for those who are bearing with us while we figure this out. We have um, Mm -hmm. a new setup of episodes that are going to be rolling out soon. And we'll talk about that in the near future. So stay tuned for that. We'll definitely send out a newsletter explaining the new releases of episodes so it doesn't seem like where in the hell are these chicks why aren't they recording where are my chicks at (laughs) where my chicks at at? from the front to the front to back can you hear that oh man i can't (laughs) can you repeat that exactly hey 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 Okay, we're so silly. Um, but yes, I mm-hmm. hope everyone ha- has a happy and healthy New Year. Happy Chinese New Year to our, you know, Asian persuasions out there. But before we get started, I have a question of the day. Ooh. Hmm. I don't know if the fellas are going to appreciate this. It's <laughs> a little TMI, maybe not. Let's hear. So, so I was speaking with my coworkers. And we were talking about going to the doctor, you know, the gynecologist. Um, And I did not know people had a preference between going to a male or female gynecologist. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I say that to say that I personally prefer to go to a male gynecologist and I said it out loud, and everyone looked at me like I had two horns coming out of really? my head. Why? Yes. They were just, like, baffled. Everyone. And I work mm. with the majority of women. Uh, it's yeah. like, there's only, our boss is the male, and the rest of us is just all women. And me and another coworker were the only ones who preferred male out of, like, the other six. So mm. I was just fascinated. I was like, this would be a great question to ask the chicks. Who do you prefer? Do you prefer a male or female gynecologist? Kwana? Um, well, <laughs> my, I would have to say I don't necessarily have a preference. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't have a preference. I've had both. And I do, uh, I mean, in my experience, I have noticed that the men are a little bit more gentle Thank you. Yes. The men are a little bit more gentle. I have noticed. I and not and not in not saying that women are just like, you know, come here, like, you know, but I've just noticed that um 
yeah, like during the examination itself, the men seem to be a little bit more more gentle with, um, you know, the tools and everything. But I personally don't have a preference. Um, I'm my preference is more um, race wise. Like mm. my gynecologist now, um, the the office I go to is run by a black man. Wow, okay. and his nurse. Um, his, uh, well, she's not a nurse. She's the physician's assistant. She is Afro-Latina. Um, so that is who I see for, uh, for the most part. I see her and so she's also a black woman. So, so like he delivered my daughter, he's black. My daughter's doctor is black, her pediatrician. Like I actively sought out, you know, black doctors, um, but I've, you know, had the experience of a man gynecologist and a woman gynecologist, and I don't really have a preference. It's just more of um, I like to see doctors who look like me, and then I like to also do my research on, you know, um, patient reviews, what they say, is it clean, are they nice, bedside manner, all that stuff. But, yeah, I do, I do like, heavy research on my doctors. <laughs> I don't have a preference either. I have, I don't actually don't even have a race preference either. I have had gynecologists ranging from different races and different gen, different genders. So my first gyno was an Indian man. The second one was a black woman. And the one I have now is a Spanish woman. Um, uh-huh. I agree though with the whole gentle part. I feel like the men, maybe because, maybe because they aren't women, they're going the extra mm-hmm. mile to be more gentle in that way, yeah. if that makes sense. And then the women, for yeah. example, you know, they're familiar. They know what it is. So they're just kind of like, not to say they're like whatever, but they're not taking yeah. as many precautions. Like, like, yeah, like, let me get in here. Let me do what I need to do. Let me do, because it is uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. So let me do this exam. Let me make sure I get in there. I'm thorough. Right. And I feel like. Like with the men, with the guy that I had, he had someone in the room with him. The women didn't have anyone in the room with them. I mean, I understand why, but I just mm. feel like that might be why they went the extra precaution. And then race wise, my my um primary doctor is a black man. And I like having that because everyone in the office works with him. But I can't say if it would make a difference if he was mm-hmm. a different race. Yeah. So I don't think I have a preference. It's more so, are you doing your job right? I feel like the black woman that I had, and I feel like it might just be particularly her, she was a bit dismissive Mm -hmm. with um, some of my Mm. concerns. Some of the questions I had, she kind of like rolled over them or didn't take them as seriously. Kind of like, oh, you know, don't worry about that. Don't worry about this. But when I went to the lady that I'm with now, when I brought up the same concerns, she kind of went into detail and in depth about X, Y, and Z, whatever it was, which I liked. Right. I felt like she paid more. She was more attentive. If so you the will, bedside manner. Way. Right. The bedside manner. Right. And that yeah. may just be a particular case-by-case situation, not necessarily because right. of gender or race. Yeah. But yeah, it definitely comes down to that. Yeah. Sure. Just that, yeah, their personality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Okay, it's good to see everybody's perspective. Were you so with men I, in the room? No, there oh. was no men present. Okay. But I wonder if men ever question, like, oh, do... Because 
I go to male gynecologists and a lot of men are with their pregnant wives Mm -hmm. going in for the checkup. So how do like, I don't know how men feel about that. Would they prefer a woman looking at their wives insides or do they prefer a male? So it'd be curious to know a male's perspective for sure. Hmm. Um, Well, sorry, T. I just want to, I mean, you know, being with Sienna's dad, he's gone to the doctor with me, you know, throughout the pregnancy just to like, you know, he's been in the room, you know, when I'm getting checked and all this stuff. So, and he's never, I've never had a conversation with him as far as what he thought about, you know, my, my doctors, whether it was the physician's assistant in there, whether it was the, you know, the man, the head doctor. And, um, yeah, that was a conversation we never had. I think at that point, because, you know, it is like my body, a pregnancy, and he's like this, like this. This isn't me on the table. This is you. You know, here. I think he was just most concerned that the doctor was doing the right thing, mm-hmm. and he didn't care if it was the man or if it was the woman that we saw. Like, you know, you're not hurting her. The baby's good. You know, everything looks good. You know, there's no complications, no problems. Then he was cool. But that was just like, you know, my experience with going to the doctor with with a man. So, yeah, I, I think, Kwana, you have a good, I think we all have like different good perspectives because Kwana, you've actually given birth and been through the whole process. Um, so you have another layer to add to what Joey and I may experience, mm-hmm. which is good. Uh, so for me, it's funny. My doctors are male and Jewish. <laughs> gotcha. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Not yeah. by <laughs> choice. It just kind of happens. I have like had a lot of issues and had to have a lot of procedures. And I seek out the person who is the head of the department to mm-hmm. like look at me because I need I in my mind, I want to have the best care. I want someone who is going to be aggressive and has had years of experience doing this and someone who can guide me in the right way. So that's what I was looking for. And I do prefer male, like Kwana said, because of how gentle they are. Um, Mm -hmm. I also, I don't know. I mean, I know we're women and we should feel comfortable about being naked in front of each other and stuff like that, but I'm not, I'm more comfortable being naked in front of a man. I don't know if that's weird, awkward, whatever, but it's just how I feel. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm just more comfortable, more relaxed. Uh, I don't, I don't think, think that's weird. No. Is it? Okay. Personal okay. preference. Yeah, I don't think that's weird. Thanks. Um, and then also because, I don't know, I'm like, oh, a woman, she knows what I go through, but I feel like a man, he, he can only study and, like, know it, but I feel like he'll be more cautious um, mm-hmm. about it. And then from yeah. my experience with the male doctors, too, um, before we even go in for the examination, I would go to their office and we would, like, sit down and thoroughly go through like the questions they asked and like he would even like go a little bit deeper and ask me like is it has there been any trauma in your life like if so mm-hmm. tell me about it uh has you know does your family have a history of ex- you know what I mean like we really go in depth yeah and make me feel comfortable before I even go into the examining room with him because I know he sees my best interest um so yeah I I prefer male doctors and it's funny because um well, my coworker, she's Korean, and she was saying in her area, she lives in Jersey, uh, there's a doctor, he's Korean, and all the women get their babies delivered by this Korean doctor that is a male. And she said it's been told to her that men are better at delivering 
babies, which I think is not true. Like, I want to dispel that rumor. But in her culture, that's what everyone's saying to her. So she feels like that when it's time for her to give birth, she has to go to this male doctor, this specific one, because all the Koreans go there. But that's a cultural thing. That's how (laughs) they feel. You know what I mean? But Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. I'm sure there's some dope women doctors out there. Not to take that away from them. Obviously, they could understand the woman's body better. But when it comes down to preference, some of us prefer male over female. So interesting. Very Hmm. interesting. Good question. Yeah, that is interesting. That is a really good question. Thank you. I mean, and, you know, men don't have gynecologists, right? Right. Um, But I wonder when it comes to, I guess, I guess, I mean, I guess they would see their primary doctor, but I wonder, you know, when they get older, you know, you know, men have to get their like colon checked and things like that. Do they even think about, you know, am I okay with, you know, do I want a man to do this process? Do I want a woman to, like, I wonder if men even think about who their doctor is and if they're comfortable with, you know, like gender wise, you know, I wonder if that's even a conversation that they have. That's a great question. I feel like I want to ask my male friends, do you care? <laughs> but I yeah, yeah, like, do they care? Old enough? Well, the, when guys get uh, their um, STD check, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's a, mm-hmm. they, it's an invasive for them in a way, too, right? I think. Yeah, the procedure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So I wonder. Is it? Do they have a check, like a check check? I think, I, I think it depends on what test they're doing, but I know that there is a test where they kind of got to swab the inside of the... Inside of their... Right. Oh. The whole... Mm, yeah. Right. So... <laughs> Sorry, I said it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, of the, of the opening. Mm, yeah. Yes. Luckily so, for us, we, we just open. We like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't I don't know. I wonder what's more uncomfortable. It's just uncomfortable situation anyway, so I feel like whatever choice you make for yourself, it should be the best one to make you feel the best. Of but course. I think bedside manner is for sure top priority yeah. when it comes to that. Okay, cool. So ladies, you know, next time you around your girlfriends, you know, ask them. It's it's very interesting. It's a very interesting conversation to have with people mm-hmm. and to see their point of view on it. I know depending on how comfortable you are, I don't know why I was so comfortable to have that discussion with my coworkers. I think we're all crazy, so we're just very <laughs> open. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank God our boss wasn't around. He's like, he would have been like, oh, what the heck are you guys talking about? Oh, oh <laughs> yes, because he's like the only guy in like a sea of women on the team. Yes, he is. One time my coworker's like, oh, you know, I have to take a day off because I'm getting a mammogram. And he's like, oh, I didn't need to know that. Ah! I didn't need to know that. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, well, I just want to let you know so you don't think yeah. I'm a He's like, I didn't know you yeah. that. He's like, whatever. <laughs> don't tell me that. <laughs> But yeah. Okay, cool. All mm-hmm. right. So let let's get into the segment. We got first mm-hmm. up Joey what, what? with a dose of dopeness. Woohoo. Yeah. So good to be back. <laughs> yes. So this week's dose of dopeness feature is Grip Before the Gram, which is the newest venture by the amazing Carlene Roy. Um, so Carlene is the founder of the Vanity Group, which is a New York City based boutique agency, and it specializes in in curated events for high pro high profile clients and she's worked with the likes of Diddy, um, Rick Ross, Cardi B, just to name a few. So Grip Before the Gram is an annual event hosted during Grammy weekend and it celebrates the incredible black women behind the music scene. So y'all know right from the bat why I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. 
So this past weekend, you know, the Grammys were just on Sunday. So this past weekend, the event honored Beyonce's publicist, Yvette Noel Shore, as well as seven-time Grammy-nominated songwriter-producer Nia Charles. Nia or Nija? It's N-I-J-A. I really hope I'm saying that right. Um, Nija or Nia Charles? Um, so I always like to hear from the person's mouth why they started what they started. Mm -hmm. So from Carleen directly, this is her word. She says, in the course of conversations with female executives, we realized there weren't any events for black women by black women that recognizes our efforts behind the scenes within the music community. One event that connects the different generations of black women in the business, that there was absolutely no elevated platform or experience that allows us the opportunity to corral, support, and highlight each other under the same roof. That's when I had my aha moment. If I can easily produce events for some of the biggest artists and brands in the business, I should be able to bring that same energy and create something special for my community of black women. And seven months later, here we are today. So I just love, love this energy. I love that she, you know, as someone who's worked behind the scenes and seen how things are ran and especially having all of these women in her network, she realized that just in general, actually, a lot of people don't get enough praise behind the scenes. We have the Grammys and they do talk about the producers, songwriters, stuff like that. But, you know, you do have the people who are the top music executives who are making these big decisions and who are putting people in front of us for us to view as well. So I definitely wanted to profile Carlene and Grip Before the Gram. This was their first installment this year. She just put it out this year, as I stated. And it was a huge success. There's pictures all over Instagram about it. And I'm really happy because this is going to come out during Grammy weekend every year. And um, hopefully at some point, you know, they'll publicize this even more and we can see what's really going on behind the scenes, maybe on live TV or something like that. But always down to support black women. Why not? We do so much. Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. I love that. Mm -hmm. um, but so was this an, an exclusive party? This is an exclusive party hosted during Grammy weekend. So you know how they have like, um, black, black in Hollywood and stuff like that during Oscars. Uh, this is one yeah. of those exclusive celebrations. Correct. Not open to the public. Got it. It's more like a, um, an insider thing, I guess you can say. Mm. Mm -hmm. So you got to know somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody. Yep. 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 But it's like, um, it's a great way to, you know, give you your flowers while you're still here. Absolutely. Um, mm -hmm. And be supported by your peers in a, in a close environment and not on a, you know, a public stage and still know that you're recognized. Because I think at the end of the day, a lot of these, you know, women in the industry, it's such a small, small crew mm -hmm. that the fact that they can be recognized and have a support system within each other and have this platform to do so. I think that is amazing. Like girl power. Love to see it. Kwana, what do you think? Mm -hmm. Um, well, you know, I like a party <laughs> <laughs> and especially, you know, a party that, you know, where the object is to celebrate your peers and celebrate people who look like you doing, you know, dope work. So I think it's great. You know, so many times we have these organizations like the Oscars, like the Grammys, like, you know, these huge award shows or organizations and things like that that exclude people that look like us mm -hmm. or don't recognize, you know, the talents and the work of people who look like us. So I, I love that she was like, you know what, I'm going to do it myself. I'm not going to wait, you know, for somebody else to celebrate us, you know, have a party, tell us how dope we are. Like, we know we're dope. So let me do it 
where I can have, you know, the people that I know and the people that I respect, you know, and we can all get together and celebrate, you know, without waiting for someone else to do it. Exactly. I mean, like Issa Rae says, I'm rooting for everybody black. And one of my favorite times of the Mm -hmm. year is even the other award show, Black Girls Rock. Like, I love, love that show. And this is kind of like the music version of that. There's Black Girls Rock. There's Black Women in Hollywood. So it was about time that we had one in music. And exactly. I love that Carlene took the initiative to get things started. Faux show. For sure. So So shout out to Carlene. Yeah. So definitely check out Carlene. She is on Instagram. And that's at Carlene Roy. K-A-R-L-E-E-N-R-O-Y. And she has videos and pictures from the event. And she does some other really, really dope things with the Vanity Group. So check out everything she's doing. Pretty dope. But yeah, on to the next. Nice. Yeah, thanks for sharing. Okay. Kwana, you are up next. (laughs) Let me upgrade you. How are you upgrading our lives in 2020? It's a new decade, (laughs) new me, new year. Who you, who the heck is? New phone. What's up? (laughs) Exactly. Well, I want to start by asking um, you guys a quick question, and then I'll go into my upgrade you segment. But have either of you ever eaten at a Michelin star restaurant? Hmm. I I have. Okay, so I I have eaten at a I've eaten at a Michelin star restaurant and a Michelin star rated. There's mm. difference. So, Do tell. Joey, J- Joey, you have two. Have um, I? We, is it the one yes, you have Lisa? No, Ricardo's Steakhouse is Michelin star rated. Oh, didn't know. But it doesn't have Michelin. It's not a Michelin star. But I've been to both. There's a difference. Okay. Um, so, yes, I have. I have. And, Kwana, you went with me to a Michelin star rated also. Um, uh, which one? The one we went for lunch, um, it's, it was near, when you were working at your former job, it was like a little um, hole in the wall, like on 20, uh, 28th or whatever. It's near where Ann Pizza is. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that is, that restaurant is owned um, by a Michelin star um, cor- restaurant corporation. Chef. Yeah, yes. chef. So that restaurant is like a cheaper version but it's michelin star rated Mm. so got it okay and now thinking about thinking about the food and everything i can see that yes i can definitely see that well i'm asking you ladies because i was listening to the read shout out to the read great podcast and their black excellence was um the first black woman who is a chef who has earned a Michelin star? Whoa! Super tell me dope. more. Yes. Well, before so you get her name. Uh huh. Tell everybody what is Michelin star and what the significance is. Yeah, I remember. I don't think everyone. spoke about it a little bit, but I don't remember. Right. Yes. So Michelin star um, is basically a guide. So. The actually, I was just doing all my research on this, so let me pull up this article. I was reading an article from Spoon University, and um, basically, a Michelin star Michelin stars are a form of restaurant rating, 
and they come from the Michelin Travel Guide, which was created by the Michelin Tire Company, like Michelin Tires. Oh, so it is the same. <laughs> I did not know that. Yes, it is the same, and it was created in France, and it is said that, you know, it is basically the Michelin um, Company will send out um, secret secretively this isn't something that a restaurant will know, but it is, you know, it's very secretive. Restaurants don't know if the inspector is coming. Um, they don't know who they are. You know, somebody might just show up at your restaurant and they will rate the, you know, seating time, service, the food, the decor, like everything. But getting a Michelin star isn't something that just happens to you. It is something that you are actively working towards. Something that is like, okay, so I, you know, I'm a chef. I, I command this kitchen. I want, you know, I would love to earn a Michelin star. Like you eat, sleep, breathe your restaurant. Like this is a thing. This is not just like, Hey, your food's great. Here's a star. Like it's definitely not that it's, you have to actively work towards it. Mm -hmm. Can I add something to that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So there's also restaurants that, do not want to be Michelin star rated because there's some people who are against it um, because they feel like it's rigged in a way. Mm -hmm. Um, And then also there's some other restaurants that want people to feel like they're welcome because once, sometimes once you become, you get a Michelin rated, you know, people increase the cost of their food Mm -hmm. and, you know, so a lot of people just like, no, I want my food to stay the same price. I want the people to just come in and have a good time. I don't want them to feel have this high expectation. I just want to stay as is. So some chefs are against it. So Yes, definitely. Some chefs will, like, there have been chefs that are like, can you take the star away? Like, can you take it back? Like, I don't want people thinking that they now don't have access to the food that I am offering. Um, there are some Michelin, uh, you know, Michelin restaurants that, are very expensive and there are some that are on the more affordable side but definitely you know a lot of times some you know people might um feel that now people will think of my restaurant in a certain light people will think that you know they can't come in they can't afford it um some people think that it puts a lot of pressure on the food on the decor like everything has to be perfect all the time um yeah, like, you know, I like some chefs might think, oh, I just want to do, like, you know, simple, good food, and I don't want people thinking, oh, well, how is this food, like, Michelin star, you know? Like, um, there are definitely pressure, chefs that... Pressure, Yeah, a lot of pressure. There are definitely chefs that are against it. Um, in my experience, I've eaten at the Spotted Pig, which was a Michelin star uh, restaurant. They were left off of the list, I think 2016, they were demoted and then they were even demoted, I think a year after that, even, you know, demoted again. And there have been some issues with the owner, Ken Friedman, who has been the subject of multiple sexual misconduct allegations. So he is the (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) Sorry, that was... (laughs) She had to do it. I had to. You set me up for it. Sorry. I did. I did. 
Uh, yeah, but even, you know, like Mario Batali, you know, who has a Greenwich Village, um, you know, uh, restaurant that was also Michelin star rated. And a lot of people are like, well, he's also had sexual misconduct reports, you know, and he's trying to, you know, distance himself from all of the restaurants because of it now. But I brought this up because, you know, after I listened to the read and they brought up this woman, Mar- uh, Mariah Russell is her name. She commands the kitchen two of two places in Chicago, Kiko and Kumiko. So she does like a Japanese, very, but very modern take on Japanese food. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, she is a black woman and she is the first black woman to earn a Michelin star. Shout out to her. I love that. Well, yeah. Like, shout like, out to we, her. Well, we going to Chicago because we got to go support that for sure. Exactly. <laughs> what I wanted to say as far as upgrading your life, right? I think a lot of times, especially as black people, we think that a lot of things are out of our reach. Mm-hmm. And because, you know, we grew up knowing and seeing, you know, within the world that some things are just not meant for us. They were not created for us in mind. You know, they weren't necessarily meant for us. But I think a lot of times in order to do different things in our lives, we have to do different things. So if you've never been to a Michelin star restaurant, Seems very fancy, seems kind of out of our league, out of your reach, whatever it is that you may think about it. I think we should do more things where we put ourselves maybe out of our comfort zone and do more things that challenge us, whether it is trying a sport, you know, maybe you're a black girl who wants to do hockey, (laughs) you know, which isn't a sport that is traditionally inclusive of black people, even though there are black people who do play hockey, you know, maybe it's something that you think is out of your reach, but it really isn't. You know, this black woman is the first, the first black woman chef to earn a Michelin star. Crazy in 2020. Like she's the first in 2020. She's the first, like that's insane to me that she is the first. Like, black women have been cooking for me my whole life. Yeah. You know? Crazy. She's the first. But it's not out of our reach. You know, like, even when, you know, you might go shopping and people might think, oh, I can't afford anything in Gucci or Versace. And, yeah, maybe you can't right now. But there have been times where I've just gone into these stores and just walked around. And whether somebody came up to me and asked if I needed help or they ignored me altogether, it didn't matter because I want, I wanted to put myself in a situation that's like, you know, you might think you don't belong. You might think it's out of your league. You might think it's out of your reach. Um, but it's not, it's not. And I, you know, and I would really love for people, especially people of color, especially black people, especially black women to remind themselves that they belong here too. So do something out of your comfort zone, guys. Yeah, go, you know, save up some money and maybe for your birthday or a special occasion, you know, go to that restaurant that you think is super high-end and bougie that people might look down on you. Who cares, you know, like, I'm here, I belong here. And also, 
Yeah, and also to piggyback on what you're saying about the affordability of going to like a Michelin star rated restaurant is definitely not out of reach. Uh, if you live in New York city, Maryland, or any major city, uh, they have something called restaurant week where food, yes. you can get lunch for 20. You can go to a Michelin star rated restaurant and get lunch for $24. And it's a prefix mm-hmm. menu. You get appetizer, main course and dessert, or you can go to dinner at a Michelin star rated restaurant and pay only like $42 for a three course. Yeah. Meal. For, so, yeah for a three course meal. So, so it's not out of your reach. Like fellas thinking like they don't have enough money to impress a lady, take her during restaurant week. She ain't gonna know any difference. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, unless she cultured like your kid over here, but <laughs> I will be hip to the game, but I, you know, but I still wouldn't look down upon that because I'm like, Oh wow. You're into restaurant week. I love restaurant week. I try to yeah, yeah. in it. So, you know, there's ways to work around it. Too. So don't be afraid to um, try it. Cause it's, it's accessible. It's very exactly. And as of 2020, New York City has 75 Michelin starred restaurants. That's why I can't leave this place. Oh, my God. Why can't? Yeah, 75. (laughs) And and I think only five, only five of those max out at three. The top is three. Like getting one star is hard, but there are restaurants that have three. So the five that have three are Chef's Table at Mm -hmm. Brooklyn Fair which is in Midtown, uh, 11 Madison Park in Flatiron, La Bernadine in Midtown, Columbus uh, Massa in Columbus Circle, and Per Se. Hmm. Um, and Per Se has consistently had three stars. Wow. Like the past like decade. Yeah. Wow. wow. Definitely. Restaurant week's coming up. Definitely it's, put your heels on, put that dress on, and go. It's happening right know, now. It's, it's on right yeah. now. So when is it? it? It already started, right? When does yes. it end? I think it ends the uh, the last uh, mid February, like mid February. Yeah, first or second week of Fab, but it's going on. So check it out. Yeah. So thank you, ladies. And P, what do you have for us today? So and behind the lyrics. So Valentine's Day is coming up. I know it's going to be kind of redundant, but it is that season where people are probably feeling a little lonely, not feeling, you know, up to par and like, you know, they don't want to be around all the couples and stuff like that. So I wanted to feature a song that is about like women empowerment and like going after what you want. And the song that I want to feature today, the lyrics is Girls Need Love 2 by um, Summer Walker. That's my girl. Uh-huh. And I've always wanted to talk about this song on the podcast, but just never found like the right moment <laughs> mm-hmm. to talk about it. Uh, because that song is so powerful. I've been on the subway when it first came out and I've seen like young girls singing it. And someone may say like, oh, she's too young to be singing that song or whatever. But I feel like, feel that, uh, that it is very empowering for a young girl to know now that she has wants and she has needs and she can demand what she wants instead of just succumbing to a man so the fact that this song came out i think it's a perfect time for it to be out and people to feel more empowering about themselves so the the song is very redundant the words are very repetitive however it still doesn't take away from the message right so the lines that i want to feature is where Summer says, girls can't never say they want it. Girls can never say how. Girls can never say they need it. Girls can never say now. Girls, so 
And she repeats that continuously throughout the song, which is very powerful, right? So according Mm -hmm. to Genius, Walker is addressing the sexual double standard that stigmatizes girls and women who are sexually proactive while rewarding males for the same behavior. According to controversial gender roles, women are discouraged from overtly existing as sexual beings or being open enough to express when they need their desire met in the same way that men are allowed to. And I think this song encourages women to do so. I, and I'll talk about personal experience for me. I know like during dating and like being in a long-term relationships and stuff like that and being in situationships, I've learned to have a voice, especially when it comes um, to the bedroom and just saying like things that I one and how I would like things done and you know from my experience I don't know about everybody else's on here but if you speak up and say what you want it makes the experience a lot more pleasurable uh, so and and you can also take this in different other ways right like when you're in a career and you you want a raise you can say what you want and how you want it and when you want it because you are that chick and you deserve it, especially when you know you've been busting your ass. So this song can not only be taken in a sexual way, but it could take it into career. It could take it into a relationship. You can mm-hmm. take it anywhere. So on the heels of like, you know, Valentine's Day coming up, you know, ladies, if, you know, someone's not taking you out on the date, but you have desires and needs, you don't be afraid to say like, I want it. I want it now. Hair, you know just speak up because men are so free to tell you when they want it, how they want it, how they like it all the time. Why can't you do the same? So that is behind the lyrics. And I want to know how you feel about this song and the lyrics. Um, Joey, you want to go first? Uh, Sure. sure. Yes. T. Yes. Good choice. We all love the song. We all love that album. Great album of 2019 for sure. Big it up to Summer Walker. Um, But lyric wise, I think you're so right. Even when you think about just music in general, I feel like men always talk about what they want, how they want, who they want it from, how many hoes they got, how many this they want. And whenever the women talk about it, it's like, oh, she's too sexual. She's a hoe. She's a that. She's a this. And then, you know, like speaking of even along with that, Janae just dropped that song. What is it? Pussy Fairy? And yeah. she is saying fair, exactly yeah. how she feels. And I'm just like, yes. I like, love Janae. Isn't she great? Isn't she great? I love <laughs> she I love when she like she can be so like um kind of earth mother oh, goddess. The chakras and yes. Yeah, the chakras and the meditation and then she'll drop you with a pussy fairy too. Like I love it. Duality. I it's love a it. Thing, y'all. It's yes. a thing. <laughs> but um I get you a woman who can do both. Exactly. But going on with that, I just love seeing women out here just saying exactly what they want because, of course, we all have needs as well. Yes. We're all sexual beings by nature. So yes. why not? Why not? And I feel like the yes. more that we step out and vocalize those things, the more mm-hmm. comfortable people will be. Yeah. And even like how you expanded on it, talking about career and stuff like that. I was just thinking the other day, this is even a little step further. I was just thinking the other day, like, you know how they say black women in the workplace, especially in corporate, they got to like tone it down a little bit or whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. Don't be too loud. Don't be too this. Da, 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 da. And I'm like, you know what? If we keep watering ourselves, 
ourselves down in those situations, they're never going to get comfortable with us because we're mm-hmm. watering ourselves. We're making it comfortable for them. But it's like, no, just be your authentic self. Of course, there's a quote unquote professional way, but just be yourself. Be who you are authentically. If you want to have color in your hair, I just got a new wig, y'all, and there's some color in there. And I was trying to it's decide. Thank you. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, should I wear this to work? And I had like someone was like, oh, it's a little too loud. And I'm like, it's literally streaks and highlights. Like why people, is not loud. Yeah. People need to shut First of all, why yes. do people feel so comfortable to comment on something that has nothing to do with you? Girl. I didn't ask your opinion. Girl. I didn't and ask you. I was like, like I was just thinking, I'm like, this is too loud. I'm just like, you know what? So-and-so can come in here with blue highlights and this highlight or whatever. And it's like, oh my God, your hair's yeah. so cute. And I was like, fuck it. And I wore it. And I got this, I got stared at, but I don't give a, I don't give a shit. This is what I like. This is who I am. And it's like, if I'm not going to present myself authentically as me and what I like to wear and whatever, whatever, you're never going to be comfortable with me. So mm-hmm. I just say all that to say, like, when you're more vocal and you stand more into, like, what you want mm-hmm. in general. Yeah. People will, they'll they'll just have to adapt. That's pretty much it. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. Also, yeah. Yeah, I agree. And then I also want to say, I'll share, like, um, sorry, Kwana, just a little thing I want to say. No, go um, ahead. Yeah. No, when I was in a relationship with someone and I expressed how I wanted things, mm-hmm. um, that person got very upset and thought I was, you know, challenging their, the way, I guess, the way they put it down. Technically, Um, yes, but whatever. (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, we were knee deep in the relationship. It was mm, five years in. Mm -hmm. Um, I think at that time I should be able to vocalize how I would like things. Mm -hmm. Um, You were so stuck in your ways of how you wanted I mean, five years in, you should know. Right, but you know, but you know, five years in, you probably don't also want it the same way. All the, you know what I mean? Yeah, you just, yeah you gotta definitely. Switch it up. Yeah, it gets it gets stale. People yeah. who've been married got it. So years. you were trying to okay. So you, maybe you were trying to do something new. Right, it was just repetitive and um, got it. So, but yeah, sorry, mm-hmm. want to go ahead. Uh yeah. Well, I mean, I definitely agree. I think it's hard. I think sometimes as you know, people, we want to keep the peace. So we might not say anything because we don't want to ruffle feathers or you don't want to, you know, hurt anyone's feelings or whatever. You know, you might think, oh, well, you know, maybe they won't take this, you know, in a good way if I speak up. I don't want them to think I'm critiquing them. But And maybe it comes with age, you know, getting older and just not caring as much about other people's feelings. But definitely, especially when it comes to something like, like, you know, sexually, I think as women, you know, it's like, okay, just be quiet and, you know, take what you can get. And I think a lot of times, you know, after a while, women are like, that's not good enough. You know, like if I'm with a partner, I want to enjoy myself as well. I want to have fun as well. I want to be pleased as well. And if that's not happening, then we're going to have to figure something out, you know, because I can't imagine a man being with, you know, a partner and not being pleased by the end of it. Mm -hmm. Like, does that ever happen? Like, does a man not ever finish? Like what? (laughs) Like, I don't, but but if you think about as far as women, like how many times can a woman say that, oh, I finish every time? 
Right. You know, like, but I, I how like, many women can say that? Right. And I like men who are in tune with that and be like, you know, and yes. ask questions like, did you feel complete? Like, was that? And then as women, you have to be honest enough to say, stop lying, ladies. It doesn't work. It doesn't yes. help going. Yes. Don't on. lie. Don't stroke their ego. Don't, literally. No. no. Honest, like, you know, honestly, no, I didn't like. And, and, and I when you are honest, they're like, oh, bet. You know, like they are down to, you know, make your dreams come true. So yeah, just they should well. be. <laughs> they definitely should be. Definitely I mean, should be. Yeah, definitely don't up. lie. It speak up. Yes. Stop faking the funk, ladies. It's not worth it. It doesn't do any nothing. I've learned. And I've learned. yeah, because then you just keep getting this like Same. really bad service. Mm-hmm. And you're like, Same I don't wet. like this. Yeah, so it's like, well, if you don't like it, you have to say, hey, and there's a nice way to say, hey, maybe don't, you know, maybe don't say, like, go away, get off me, stop, you know, like, but maybe you can be like, hey, you know, I like it better when you focus on this. Maybe say what you like Mm -hmm. instead of what you don't like. And then, and then, and just say, oh, you you can also say that feels blah 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 blah, blah whatever like you it could just be in the moment and You're like once that's they a little hear, rough I'm numb yes and they they <laughs> yes. see that because they want because they feel like they're accomplishing something by getting you there too you know what I mean right. so it's like a I mean it's it's like any relationship it's communication you have to communicate through the whole process mm-hmm. yeah I'm I'm yes. very proud of myself right now because I've came a long way to even get here I've been very like timid and like shy and. <laughs> Aww, like we'll just, to you. yeah this is like a full circle moment at the age of 31 like i really finally feel comfortable to like yeah so like sometimes it's just place to yeah so like it. sometimes it really does come with age yeah like what i you know because when i first heard that song you know summer walker song and she was like girls you know like you said <laughs> girls can never yeah. say they want it girls can yeah. never say now girls can never say they need it girls can never say how you know things like that um when i first heard that song i was like yeah girls can't but women can you know what i mean Uh like a woman is going to say hey this is how i like it and i think sometimes especially with um you know i think sometimes it's age and experience just comes you just get more comfortable voicing your yeah. Your opinions, right. voicing how you feel, yeah. and you knowing just, you that, get, you know, yeah. don't take it personally. Like, I want to be pleased just as much as you want to be pleased. Yeah. Ain't nobody on no whack peas. Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> no whack peas exactly. in 2020. No. no. Get it away nope. from me. Dead that. <laughs> Not that I'm done. Yeah. Okay. Great. <laughs> well, this is oh, this is a nice spicy. We talked about the guy. No, we talked about getting a Grammy. Get. <laughs> yes. We talking about getting how you want it in the bedroom and in the career. Okay. So you know, this is a hey. You know, this is views from the check, honey. Okay? We got many views. Exactly. We have a lot we of views. We got a lot of views. Okay. Well, um, I want to wrap everything up. So thanks everyone for listening and. We look forward to what 2020 will bring. Right, ladies? Of course. Yeah, yes. definitely. So thanks for listening to these and Chicks. This is T. It's Joey. And Quana. And we and out. We out.